Welcome to the Mate Debaters Podcast. I'm Natasha and I'm joined with my husband Orlando and we are a millennial couple sharing our opinions and views on a myriad of topics ranging from marriage, wellness, all the way to entertainment. So let's jump into a new debate. Welcome back to another Mate Debaters Podcast. So today I want to discuss money. So the episode title is Hey Big Spender. So in relationships, (laughs) and I mean, Yes, relationships. I feel like oftentimes you have somebody that's the big spender and then somebody who's a little little bit tighter with the wallet, a little bit more, I'll say, cost conscious. Con- con- am I saying it right? Yeah, conscious. <laughs> um, I won't say frugal because I fall into that bucket. So before we kind of get into what side we fall on... Orlando, I want to ask you, do you feel like you have a healthy relationship with money? Uh, yes and no. Healthy where I'm not going to put myself in the poorhouse or in a bad situation. But if I do have extra money, I do like to... He likes to make it rain. I don't know about make it rain. <laughs> I have certain things I like. I love cars and I love technology. I'm not really a big clothes person or jewelry or anything like that. So... If I do have extra money, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy myself. The, the way I look at things, especially he's a, now. He's very much a treat yourself type of person. Yeah, the way I look at things, especially now, is like, yeah, you can save, save, save until retirement age. But, you know, none of us really know when our time is. I know that sounds morbid. But it's like, just you got to enjoy your life now, too. It doesn't mean that, you know, you just spend, spend, spend. But if you want to get yourself nice, something nice, then do it, you know, because we all deserve to have a good life. And for me, I just look at it like that. I don't know when my day is coming, so if I can enjoy the time with my family and you know things that I want to get, then I'm going to do that. So for me, to answer my own question that I ask about having a healthy relationship with money, I think I do have a healthy relationship with money. I feel like I if, about that. If, if I have to identify an area, which I'm curious what you think my unhealthy side is, if I have to identify an unhealthy area, I would say it's probably food. I feel like from the time I got my first retail job, that's where all my money went. My bank account is my food diary, even more so now that I'm pregnant because I'm not trying to cook. I'm constantly ordering takeout. So as far as areas of my life that I splurge, it does tend to be food because I'm willing to spend on a delicious, amazing experience. But overall, I feel like I have a very healthy relationship with money. I don't feel like I necessarily manage it all the time in the most traditional sense. I have since our marriage because, you know, in joining household, we created a budget, a spreadsheet just to kind of keep ourselves organized and understand where our money is going. Whereas before it was very much, I knew how much money was in the bank account on payday. And then I had a a guesstimate in my mind, okay, I could spend this much, okay, I swiped my card a few times this week, okay, I could slow it down until the the next payday, but I I never overdraft, like I I was good. It could have been better, but I was good. But see, that's where we're different too, because even though I spend money, I always had a budget so I could track everything I was spending. But did you follow the budget? I did follow the budget. Be honest. No, I did follow the budget. Before a relationship? Yeah, before our relationship. I don't know. Because about if I didn't that. follow it the way I like to spend, I wouldn't have rent money and everything. So I did follow it. Rent money, but, but then other areas might have been lacking. 
Yeah, areas that weren't important to like Fair electricity enough. and water and stuff like that. But I feel like we talk about a healthy relationship with money, but there's two sides to everything, right? So whereas yes. one person can spend too much, someone can also save too much and never spend anything. Like, Correct. And you have money to go to a nice hotel, but you're staying in uh, Motel 6s and you know places where there's seedy behavior. So it's like if you have enough money, like I look at money this way. Money is not everything at all. Like I don't look at money in the sense of it's going to bring me happiness. I look at it in the sense of security, the sense but of security and happiness kind of go hand in hand, no? Uh, yes and no. Um, I can be safe but not be happy. <laughs> Um, I, I think I look at it as freedom, essentially, like when you have enough money, especially in the world we live in now, and especially freedom equates to happiness. Well, yeah. And especially in this country where capitalism rules everything, at least for poor people, I feel like the rich get a lot of benefits, but that's a different topic for another conversation. But I, I feel like in this country, you have to have money to be able to give yourself and your family a good life have money but the question is do you have to spend it so for me i if you haven't already been able to decipher who the spender is and who's the more you know cost conscious one in the relationship i fall on the other end of the spectrum where i don't feel like i'm a penny pincher per se orlando might i don't know about that you know yeah feel differently you pinch the pennies i mean i like to have my change but i I, I've been taught and I feel like I've seen examples with my family, more specifically my parents, where you spend less than what you can afford so that you can always afford it. So I, I'm not saying like you can't enjoy life. You can't have nice vacations. You can't have a nice car, buy a nice bag, whatever your prerogative is, whatever it is you like to enjoy. Yes, enjoy it, but I also believe in having that wiggle room. So for me, I'm going to do those nice things, but within reason. I'm not going to stretch it out so far. So I I like to know that at the end of the month, there's an extra $1,000 sitting in the bank account because I didn't go overboard, and then that can roll over into the next month. Like I find security and comfort and safety in knowing that I have that safety net by not going overboard with my spending. And you see, my goal is to get us out of that mindset because I feel like with everything we're trying to do, generational wealth, like there are people in this world that are living. And there's some of us that are just going through the day to day. Like there's the episode of SpongeBob where uh, you guys may not know where he's uh, like going to work, coming home. Uh, when he's going to sleep, there's noise and he's going to work, coming home like that. That's our lives, you know, but there are people out here that are going on vacations, not even vacations. They're just going places to Italy, to Paris, like at the drop of a hat. But wait, let me finish. And my thing is like I since I like to spend money and I'm I mean, I have enough to pay my bills, not have enough, but I'm able to pay my bills. I just decided I'm going to find a way to make enough money where I don't have, we don't have to worry about that. Like, cause if we're sitting here saying like, Oh, we need, you know, we need to have the thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to give us enough income to where we don't have to worry about what we have in the bank in terms, in terms of this minuscule stuff, because yes, you're not going to want to drop $2 million on something. But if we're concerned about, Oh, we got to have $500 in the bank, then 
I just need to level up on the, on the different. And path. I'm and I'm here for the level up. Listen, I'm all about it. I'm all about, you know, we talk about multiple streams of income and just being in a financial place to where we can afford to be, at least for me, be a little bit more relaxed with this, you know, spending and different expenditures. But I feel like until that time, I like my method. But it's not to say, though, and I'm going to be honest and transparent that you know, with continued financial growth and success and whatever that looks like for us, that this mentality and teachings, you know, will go away because it is very deeply ingrained in me. I definitely think I can get to a place where I won't be as stressed, you know, like, oh, can I afford to treat myself to this? But again, I, I find the safety in having that, that wiggle room, that safety net, knowing that I didn't go overboard. And I feel like no matter what tax bracket I'm at, that's something that I'll be thinking about. And I mean, that's always good. And like I said, I have a, I feel like I have a good enough relationship with money. Like I'm not, I do like technology and cars, but I'm not out here saying I got to buy this car. Like I drive the car that I have. If, yes, you know, but... some people would do that. They take out a loan and say, I need to have this car. And then they're underwater. Like I don't do stuff like that. And maybe that's because of the stuff I do like. Maybe if I like clothes, I'd be buying clothes every day or something or jewelry. But, but if you're going to equate it to clothes, I mean, depending on the kind of clothes and the brands, yes, it could add up to a car. But I feel like that's not a, the type of clothes we buy, that's not a good comparison. Because well, that we buy, but I can, if I... Were... I could go on a shopping spree and it's a fraction of the cost that you might decide to spend on a new sound system or a new television. Yeah, but I feel like for people who like clothes, like... They're not just going to be buying yeah, old navy clothes. Yeah, like that's what that's people who like shopping. But people who like clothes and nice stuff, quality, they're going to be buying quality stuff. Investment pieces. And depending on how often they buy it, if they're going shopping every evening after work, then yes, it can add up. But you know, I think this comes down to upbringing. And then Natasha and I were raised in different upbringings. Um, I'm both Caribbean backgrounds, though. Both Caribbean. So we have that in common. I have a single mom. Uh, when I moved to America, I wasn't in the best neighborhoods. I actually lived in public housing at one point in my life. So I think, and, and my mom wasn't good with money either. So I think my mentality was always, like, I was poor. So it's like, now that I have stuff, like, I want to enjoy the stuff that I have, you know. And that's fair and, and understandable. And I want to have more of that stuff to enjoy that. And so my family can enjoy it. And so their families can enjoy it. And I think there's a lot of us, especially as African-Americans, that have that mentality where it's like, I never had anything. So now that I have it, I'm definitely going to enjoy it. I'm not going to keep. And <laughs> then you have people on the opposite. I never had it. So now that I do, I'm going to hold on to it. But it doesn't mean that you're going to lose it because you like to spend money. Like, I feel like. But I feel like emergencies come up, which. Again, it's not to say that with people who like to spend that you don't have emergency funds, but I feel like that is some people's reality where they will live for today so much so that they're not planning for a rainy day. And I don't remember who said it, but we're, you know, we talk about how we're all one medical emergency away from poverty. And that is a real fact for a lot of people. So for me, it, it's definitely about that balance because I, I definitely think that you could have two extremes where someone who's has money to blow and making it rain left and right and then someone who's just holding on so tight that they can't enjoy their hard work which is why i spoke about making enough money where that doesn't matter and we're also i mean more money more problems like that's a song like that's a thing so just because you get more money doesn't mean all of a sudden like 
the the behavior, the patterns are going to change. But I mean, you're talking about an extreme person. I don't have those behavioral patterns. And I'm, like, not, I, I'm not calling you on saying you do. Like I do have. I have good, like, I mean, I'm good with money. I'm good with my budget. I'm good with where I spend stuff. I know where my money goes. That's the most important thing. Like, if I do spend more on food, I know that I spent more on food. Where some people look at their checks and say, where did my money go? What did I buy? Well, like, I feel like it's like that today with these grocery prices. Yeah, well, yeah, they have gone up. But, you know, my solution to that is just do what you need to do to make more money. And if we talk about medical emergencies, that's why it's so important to have passive income streams. So if you are laid up, the money's still coming in and you don't have to physically be have you don't have to physically work for that income to to stroll in. And I yeah, I just think that Natasha and I do have different uh mindsets i mean we're able to make it work where she's a good example is like she definitely thinks about stuff and she's more conscious with money i'm definitely more especially as i've gotten older fly by seat of my pants and say i'm definitely the planner so like if we i know we have a goal to go travel to a certain destination i'm gonna plan it out so far ahead that by the time we go on the trip nothing's on a credit card anymore but it benefits the both of us, right? Because sometimes she could plan to the point of that paralysis we discussed where nothing ever gets done. Cause there's- Which I feel like in that situation, no. But I will give you credit and say, you have taught me about the cost of convenience. So, a downside to me trying to save money, I remember I took an international trip a couple years ago for school and it cost less to fly out of a certain city compared to where I was. So I like booked another flight with a different airline and then left out of, I'll just say it, I left out of JFK and going to Europe was direct, but then coming back, there was a layover and then having to go back from JFK back home. Like it was just multiple flights, multiple legs. I was exhausted. I was traveling over 24 hours and that was the perfect example of that extra three or $500 would have so been worth my time at the time i booked the tickets you couldn't have told me that because i'm like eh, i'm gonna save some coin it'll be quick another incident happened to me when i went to mexico where i booked a cheaper airline compared to the rest of my friends and we a couple of us had a layover but most of them most of the ladies were direct flights but then coming back the flight was delayed to the point where the pilot was like yeah we can't fly anymore so then i was i was stuck in Mexico, which wasn't the worst thing, but I was by myself. And had I just booked that direct flight, I would have been home. So again, it was a situation of what is the cost of convenience? That extra, you know, $300 that I saved cost me my time. So I will give you credit for that, husband. Well, and we both, again, how we balance each other out because for our apartment and also this house, you know, our patterns helped because I'm someone that's like, hey, we need to get this house or we need to get this apartment. Natasha's like, ah, I think we need to wait. Wait for a better deal. And, <laughs> and if we waited too long, we would have missed out on both. Yes. But also, if we went in too fast, we would have paid Spend a higher price, much, yeah. you know, or in the, well, I don't know so much in the case of the apartment. So the apartment was a situation where my way of doing things benefited where we got the lowest price by getting in as early as possible. The house is a situation where Natasha's way benefited where we ended up getting one of the best prices in the neighborhood. Whereas if 
we went no. in super early. It was we, high, but then exactly. once sales started slowing down, they lowered the price. So we got in in the middle at that good. But spot. also, if we went in super late, we would have paid a lot too. Correct. So it was like that perfect Correct. sweet spot. So it's yeah. definitely about the balance. I would say. Um, I think it's totally manageable in a relationship to have the two different type of spenders. Wouldn't you agree? I feel like we do help balance each other, and I think the constant dialogue helps. Yeah, and and again, this is my take. They say that finances are like the number one cause of uh, divorce or breakups in relationship. So my mindset is like, just make more money. Like <laughs> I, I know that's not you know that's, that's not, not everyone's reality. That's not everyone's. That's, that's, that's not very, everyone's reality. Yeah. It wasn't mine for a very long time, but the way my life, because I mean my whole family was poor so the way i look at my life or like i didn't leave i want to say i'm by the time i came to this country it was like 1991 and i didn't go on any kind of trips outside this country until 20 what time did i when did i graduate high school i want to say baby brain i don't know 2002 <laughs> and that was because I kind of got gifted to go on a trip to Costa Rica because of grades and stuff. But we're talking about trips where I like went with family or paid money. I mean, we're talking, I think it was my vacation with Natasha. This is outside of Jamaica where I'd go home and see my family. But it's just like there's so many things in life that you don't get to do when you're just kind of really, you know, frugal with money. And, and But some of the things that we're talking about, though, that are higher expenditures... There are some people like they find joy in different activities that don't cost a lot. Well, so then the whole like, oh, well, make more money so it's not a concern. It's like, eh. well, that's me too. Like, I'm someone that I like being at home and spending time with my family. I don't need to travel the world and stuff. Like, I like to see things in the world, but for me, like, if I have my wife, kids, and my dog here, like, I'm good. I don't need to be going to all yes, kinds of we places. Have a, a sweet golden doodle puppy. Yeah, she's Mango. sleeping right now. But. Um, just really coming back to that, I just, I look at life differently, especially since the uh, 2020 period. I think we all look at life a bit differently. I, I just, I, I think of people that, you know, they work their whole lives and they have a ton in their pension or a 401k and they have, you know, stocks and investments and, you know, they hit 65 and they're like, yes, I'm going to enjoy my life. And then they die the day they retire. <laughs> so it's like you worked all that time yes. to enjoy and your I, life. And it's like now you can't do I've anything. I've seen that firsthand. Like one of my mother's really good friends, it was a great thing that she did not wait till she retired to travel. She did live her life and travel and enjoy herself. And very sadly, shortly after her retirement, she fell very ill and I want to say within a couple of years passed. So had she waited, she wouldn't have been able to enjoy the fruits of her labor. So I definitely think it's a balance. I, I think, you know, one, I think the two extremes can be extreme, but I think um, as long as you're able to, you know, have the dialogue, be honest and just flexible with your partner to find that middle ground because there are pros and cons to both i would say so yeah it's just about having the conversation she thinks is a balance my, again my goal is to you know i do want to be a millionaire um and not for the sake of just being a millionaire but i want to have enough money where i don't have to worry about anything if you really think about it people who are millionaires they don't have to worry about because everything is at a certain cost, right? Like even if you get the best hotel in the country, you're still going to pay a certain amount that 
you know, if you're a millionaire, it's still like pennies to them. Like there's nothing out here. There's very few things out here that cost the amount where you're like, oh, man, that's going to cost me four million dollars to stay in this hotel, you know, or four million dollars for this this amount of food I have to get. So it, for me, it's like to kind of eliminate the stuff about, oh, how am I going to save for retirement or how am I going to do this? I'm going to make enough money to where none of that matters to me anymore. But so that's see, my goal. And that's a beautiful goal. But I'm going to end it on this. While that is a beautiful goal, I still go back to what I said about that balance, because that is all good and great. But that also plays into things like health. Are you healthy enough to do the things to make that money that you're discussing in order to get to that status? Because if something were to happen and you can't provide, then that's, that's kind of it. So anyway, this, oh, we have something. To yeah, and, and just one last thing. Yeah, she's right about that, but I mean, that's in any situation, right? Like, <laughs> whether you're trying to make millions or you're just trying to make ends meet, if you get sick, especially in this country, you have no social safety net, which is another reason I want to make as much money as I can for my family. Or you can just save enough money. I'm just saying. Mm. <laughs> well, I guess that ends our conversation yes, today. thank Let you so much for joining us this week for another fun conversation and debate. We and look forward to having more. Let us know what you guys think about this as well um i don't know if the podcasts have like comments and stuff but definitely let us know your thoughts again i'm orlando and i'm natasha and we are the, the made, made debaters, debaters.